Father, we pray that you would indeed speak to us now, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Halloween is now over, and we've already moved on to the next big thing. The adverts have already started, and soon you won't be able to escape it. Now, I'm not talking about Christmas, much as you maybe thought that. I'm talking about I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. As I was thinking about Noah and his ark at this week, I was reminded of how it's a little bit like I'm a celebrity. At being cooped up in a confined space with a whole variety of creatures and critters, I wonder were there ever moments when Mr. Noah thought to himself, get me out of here. You might empathise if you've ever had an experience of cabin fever. Uh, You know, if you're stuck inside for a few days because you're sick, uh, or uh, whenever the snow comes, and you just want to get out of the house and do something different, and look at more than those four same walls. Imagine how Noah felt. Not so much cabin fever, maybe, as ark fever. After all, he he wasn't in the ark with the animals for just a few minutes, like I'm a celebrity, or for a few days, like our snowed-in cabin fever days. He was in the ark. Well, how long was he in the ark? You see, last week, we heard about the 40 days and 40 nights of rain at an Irish summer. Uh, But he was in the ark longer than that. And at the end of chapter 7, there at the top of page 9, we see that the water flooded the earth for 150 days. But he was in the ark longer than that. 150 days would be about five months, less than half a year. But in total, Noah was in the ark for over a year. Can you imagine that? Last week, we saw how God had given Noah some instructions. Build the ark. All that hard work over a long period of time with the neighbours questioning and mocking at the whole time. Then go into the ark with the animals two by two and then stay in the ark the only place of safety and refuge as the flood judgment came on the whole world and everyone else perished. This morning, we'll see how Noah came out of the ark and hear the first of the promises that God makes to him and to us in the world after the flood. You see, whenever uh, chapter 8 begins there on page 9, Noah is still inside the ark. He has counted off the 150th day of his lark in the ark. Although perhaps by now he's getting a bit narky in the arky. 
Verse 1 is the turning point, the high water mark. Do you see how it begins? But God remembered Noah. Now that doesn't mean that up until this point, God had completely forgotten about Noah. God isn't forgetful like that or like us. I wonder if you ever had one of those moments when you suddenly remember you were supposed to do something and it puts you into a bit of a panic. Or you remember you were meant to see somebody and you're all flustered as you go, oh, that's where I was meant to be. Well, God is not like that. He has a perfect knowledge of everything all of the time. He is omniscient is the big fancy word for it. But what it's saying here is that God remembered in order to act on Noah's behalf. So at the start of Exodus, God remembers the Israelites who are by that stage slaves in Egypt. And his remembering them is his rescue of them. So it is the same here. God remembers Noah in order to rescue him from his confinement, to bring him out into a spacious new world. You can see that as the sentence continues at verse 1. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark, and he sent a wind over the earth, and the waters receded. God remembers in order to rescue. And for Noah to get out of the ark, he needs the waters to recede. But it doesn't happen immediately, all of a sudden. Rather, it takes time. So you know the way if, if you've had a bath and you pull the plug hole, the water doesn't all immediately suddenly disappear. It takes a while for it all to go down uh, the plug hole. Well, here, uh, it takes a, a bit of time for the flood to recede. And through the chapter, you get the various time markers. At the ark at resting on the mountains of Ararat in the seventh month. The tops of the mountains be- becoming visible in the tenth month. Another 40 days and Noah sends out the first of the birds on a wing and a prayer. The raven which doesn't come back and the dove which does come back because the water is still over all the surface of the deep, uh, sorry, of the earth. Another week, uh, verse 11, and then the dove is sent out again and returns this time with a freshly plucked olive leaf. To us, the olive leaf or the olive branch speaks of peace. But for Noah here, it is a sign of new life that the water had receded from the earth. A week later, and the dove doesn't return at all when it's sent out. And yet Noah is still in the ark. He has watched the year change he has sung out lang syne and he's still inside his not now floating zoo noah has taken the covering off 
there in verse 13. And he sees that the surface of the ground is dry and over a month later that the earth was completely dry. Look back to chapter uh, 7 and verse 11 on the same page. It was the 17th day of the second month when the rain started. And now look at verse 14 in in chapter 8. It's now the 27th day of the second month. The earth was completely dry just over a year later. Each of his family members has celebrated at least one birthday inside the ark. But now the moment has come. At the moment that they were dreaming of and waiting for for so long. The day when they could leave the ark and walk on dry ground in a whole new world. Verse 15. Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground, so they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number upon it. Have you ever seen animals leaving their winter confines and leaping? as they come out of the shed. I'm sure it was quite a sight for Noah and his family to see the aardvarks and the zebras and everything in between, enjoying their freedom after a year in the ark. And never mind the animals. I'm sure that the humans were glad to get out into fresh air and open space. You see, no matter how good your family relationships may be, And no matter how close you may be to your nearest and dearest, you might be glad of a bit of space after a year in close quarters with them. But what is the first thing that Noah does when he comes out of the ark? Does he go exploring? Or hill walking? Or anything else like that? No, the first thing that he did when he came out of the ark was to build something else. What did he build? An altar. A place of sacrifice. Now last week, if you were here, I asked how many of each animal did Noah take into the ark? We had sung that the animals went in two by two and then... At least some of us were surprised to find that in chapter 7, verse 2, Noah took seven, or the footnote says seven pairs of every kind of clean animal and two of every kind of unclean animal. And I said that you'd have to wait until today to find out why. Well, here's the answer in verse 20 in chapter 8. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. Just think about it for a moment. If Noah had only two sheep in the ark and he came out of the ark 
and he sacrificed them, well, you wouldn't have lamb for dinner today if you're having lamb. So the extra clean animals were for this sacrifice of thanksgiving. Noah was recognizing that he and his family had been rescued even though they too were guilty and under the same sentence as everyone who had perished. And so he offers God this sacrifice of burnt animals. Their life for his in thanks and praise and God accepts his sacrifice he smells the pleasing aroma and he makes a promise a promise that he has kept right up to today over all of those many years since the days of Noah God says verse 21 never again will I curse the ground because of man even though every inclination of his heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Our hearts are still evil, just as they were before the flood. But now God has promised never to destroy the earth in another flood. Rather, he has pledged that life will continue in those opposites that sit together and define our day. Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. As we go to bed tonight, as we sleep tonight, we can be sure that another day will roll around. As the cold comes in and as you start to light the fire and put the heat on a bit more, we can be assured that someday it'll warm up again and summer will come again as long as the earth endures until the Lord returns. The Lord is remembering this promise he made long ago in the days of Noah because God doesn't forget. We can depend on him because he is faithful. And just as he remembered Noah confined in the ark and acted for his rescue, so we can trust that the Lord remembers us as well. Perhaps it seems as if you've been waiting for a long time. Too long, maybe. You're confined in your circumstances, even in the place that God has led you to. And sometimes it can even be dirty or smelly or unpleasant. You might even wonder if God has forgotten all about you. But take heart today. God doesn't forget. God remembers you and is acting to rescue you. You see, we don't sacrifice burnt offerings now. We have no need to because the Lord Jesus is our perfect sacrifice, the pleasing sacrifice that takes away our sin. 
And as Jesus was dying on the cross, one of the two thieves who were crucified with him cried out to him, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And how did Jesus reply? I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. The Lord remembers his people and has acted to rescue us by way of the cross. As we trust him, our future is secure no matter what we're going through right now. And today, the Lord calls us to himself, to his table, to do this in remembrance of him. And so we remember the Lord who remembers and rescues us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for your amazing grace. We thank you that you are mindful of us. We thank you that you are at work to not only remember us, but to rescue us. We pray that you would help us to remember you and to trust you. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.